our series on what did Jesus say? For today's topic, we're going to discuss homosexuality. Now, this is probably the most controversial topic in the entire religion of Christianity. Some agree that God condemns it and preach hate messages to condemn people because of how they were born. But there's also people that don't believe that God condemns this. So I kind of want to go into this a little deeper to find out what did Jesus really say and what does the Bible say about this topic? Does God really consider being homosexual a sin? Does God consider homosexual acts being a sin? Those are the questions that I would like to answer today with you. Before we get started, I think it's important to know that people are born with their sexual orientation. Just like people are born to be heterosexual, people are born to be homosexual. I think that's clear as we have found through science. If you ask someone, do you choose to be homosexual? I would guarantee you 100% of people would tell you that they did not make this choice. And they don't have the choice to change it if they wanted to. So, what did Jesus really say on this topic? In reality, Jesus did not speak about homosexuality at all, either for or against. So, that leads to the question of, why are we condemning it? Why are we constantly talking about how it's a sin? Why are Christians hating homosexuals? Not all Christians, but some Christians hating homosexuals because of how they were born. Now, some people don't believe that you were born homosexual, but like I just said, ask anyone that is, and they will tell you they did not choose this life. A lot of people would probably tell you that if they had the choice, they would be heterosexual because it's a much easier life. You don't have to be bullied. You don't have to be looked at differently. You don't have to be put into a category where you're seemed not normal or something's wrong, or something's different about you. So Jesus never talked about the topic. Jesus gave us a passage to let us know how we can determine who are good and who are bad. And we find this in Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Now, what Jesus is talking about here are the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits that each believer should be exhibiting. What are the fruits? We learn about the fruits in Galatians 5.22-23. through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So Jesus was letting us know that if you find anyone that has these fruits, they must be a good tree. If you find people that don't have these fruits, which I bet a lot of you know some people that don't, then they can't be a good tree. Meaning that 
If you believe in Christ and you live a good life and you're living a life that's not of sin, you're probably going to portray these fruits. So Jesus said that you can identify people by their actions based on their fruit. So keep that in mind as we're discussing this topic. So then, where do we get this notion of homosexuality being a sin? Where does it come into play? Because Jesus doesn't talk about it. So it has to be somewhere else in the New Testament, right? So we do find in the Old Testament scripture in Leviticus that talks about no man should lie with another man like they do with a woman. I'm paraphrasing here, right? But we're not under the Levitical law anymore. We're under a new covenant with Jesus. So the Leviticus scripture does not apply to us today. We can use it as a reference for historical reasons, but that's not what we, as Christians, followers of Christ, abide by. For our covenant is Jesus Christ. So where does this notion that homosexuality is wrong or a sin come into play? So we actually have two scriptures. They're pretty much identical scriptures, so I'm going to just focus on 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Now I'm going to show you a few different translations here because they all don't line up. They all have their own interpretations on what this word should mean. So if we look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 in the New American Standard Bible, it reads like this. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the coveters, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So we have nor homosexuals here. Let's look at the Revised Standard Version. If you notice, they've replaced homosexuals with sexual perverts. Let's look at the NLT version. The NLT version adds in or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality. And then we have the King James version, which is probably the version that everyone is most familiar with and is one of the original English translations that we have today. The King James version says, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So it seems like a lot of the translations don't align with really what Paul is wanting to say here. Paul is wanting to portray to the people some type of sexual sin that we're, we're aware of, right? So what is it? If you notice in all of these sins that Paul is pointing out, all of them are controllable. Every single one of them. Man has the ability to either complete this sin or not complete them. For example, fornicators, meaning that you're having sex outside of a relationship or marriage. Adulterers, means that you're committing adultery, which is cheating on your spouse. Drunkards, thieves, robbers, greedy, all of these are controllable. The one that is not controllable, if we revert to the New American Standard Bible version, is homosexuals. That's something that is not controllable. That is something that we can't change. Just like a person can't change that they have brown eyes. They can put contacts in, but their God-giving eyes are going to be brown. 
the nature of this person that is born homosexual is going to be attracted to the same sex, no matter what they do. Now, there are a lot of people that think that you can pray it away, you can ask it to go away. The scripture doesn't tell us to pray them away. The scripture tells us to shed ourselves of the flesh and to shed ourselves of sin. Well, how can we shed ourselves of something that we're born with? That tells me that it's not a sin. So a little history here on translations. The first time that the word homosexual appeared in the Bible was in 1946. So that's why if you notice in the King James Version, it does not mention homosexual. It mentions abusers of themselves with mankind. There's many scholars that actually do believe that what Paul was trying to say here was pedophilia or male prostitution, not homosexual. How do we get to this point where translation has put homosexual in play? Well, if you think about what was happening in the 1940s, this was right after World War II. That was one of Hitler's biggest stances. He wanted to get rid of the Jews and homosexuals, right? So we actually find that the first Bible translation to add the word homosexual in this passage and in the entire Bible together was the Revised Standard Version, RSV. And then I imagine probably the rest of the translations kind of just fell in line. As we find, though, not everyone agrees with that. King James Version originally started with, and still is today, abusers of themselves with mankind. If you notice now in the new Revised Standard Version, the new edition of that, they no longer say homosexuals. They've changed it to sexual perverts. And I think this is probably more in line with what Paul was trying to say. This is something that someone can control. This is a sin that can be changed by the believer. Homosexual cannot be changed. So we do have another passage that Paul writes in Romans 1, 18-32. So let's read that. I'm going to read from the Revised Standard Version. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his internal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks. But they became futile in their thinking, and their senselessness minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. Idolatry. They were worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for their error. 
And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a base mind and to improper conduct. They were filled with all manner of wickedness, evil, covenantness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. They are gossips, slanders, hater of God, isolate, haughty, boastful, investors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithfulness, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's decree that those who do such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but approve those who practice them. So let's look at this scripture a little more into detail. If we notice, there's some key words here, right? It talks about God gave them up to the lust of their hearts to impurity. So lust is one of the sins here, right? Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worships and served the creature rather than the creator. Idolatry. But then we go down here where it says, their women exchange natural relations for unnatural. So what would be a natural relation for a woman? For someone to have a natural relation, that would be what they're born with, right? So for example, if you are attracted to the opposite sex, let's say you're heterosexual, then your natural behavior should be having sex with men. If you have unnatural behavior, that means you're going against what your nature is, your nature that you're born with. So what Paul is trying to say here is these are heterosexual men and women who went against their nature and had homosexual relations. Now, we know through history that majority of homosexual acts were usually done out of prostitution, rape, done out of power, and a lot of times it was slave boys or girls that were being used. So to say that Paul is condemning homosexual acts is not the truth here. He's condemning the sexual conduct that was done out of their natural nature. Their natural nature is to be with the opposite sex. But what they did was, is they gave in to their temptations and their lust, and they went for what is unnatural, what is not given to them by God. So it's not a matter of that this is condemning homosexual activity. It is more so that Paul is condemning going out of your natural being. So with that being said, those that are born homosexual, they're staying within their natural being if they're being with who God intended for them to be with. And that is people of the same sex. Just like someone that is heterosexual and never dabbles into sex with the same sex, because that's not their natural given nature. So we can't use Romans or 1 Corinthians as a way to condemn homosexuals. We've had a mistranslation in this, as we find, where the translations don't even add up. No one agrees on really what it means. Homosexual didn't even enter into the Bible until 1946. What we do find also that we need to bring attention to is God is the creator. God didn't make a mistake. So for those Christians that are saying that you're not born that way, it's a choice, that it's a sin, you're saying that God created these people wrong. Because the Bible doesn't tell us anywhere that someone made the choice to be homosexual. The Bible tells us that we are born exactly how God created us. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God formed us in the womb exactly like we are. Psalms 139.13 
you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. God created us exactly how we are. God created us heterosexual and homosexual. It's time as a church that we stop condemning our brothers and sisters. It's time as a church that we look to the message of Jesus who never talked about homosexuality. There's a reason for that. Jesus talked more about love in the kingdom of God and the hate for money and not to covet ourselves in possessions than he did about homosexuality because he didn't talk about it. We're clinging to scripture that was written only a few decades ago, or should I say translations that was written only a few decades ago, instead of looking to more older translations that probably got it right. But we need to do what Jesus wanted us to do, and that is to spread love and to judge people by their fruit. If we're judging people by their fruit, then we know that what they're doing is right and God is happy with them. If they don't have love, passion, self-control, then maybe we can start to look at and see what is causing that. Is it lust? Is it adultery? Is it any other type of sin that is causing this? But homosexuality is not a sin. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people that do not believe this video, but I'm telling you, there's other research out there that is going to align with what I'm saying to you today, and I encourage you to research that. Many scholars, I would say majority of scholars, do not believe that the Bible condemns homosexuality, that actually it condemns pedophilia and also prostitution, which would make more sense if you really think about it, because God wouldn't want us to molest little children. God wouldn't want us to put our bodies out there for payment and have sex without love. If you look at a homosexual relationship, there's love, just like in a heterosexual relationship. So to say that they should go and live their life without love, or they should go and live their life without talking about or displaying who they are, I don't think that's what God would want from us. Because like we read in Jeremiah's song, God knitted us in the world. So for anyone out there that is thinking that their life is without cause or they're not turned to Christianity because of the topic of homosexuality. I've come to tell you here today that God does not want you to turn your back on him. He does not want you to turn your back on him because of what the church has created. The church has created this condemnation and this agenda around the topic, not God, not Jesus. So it's time as a church that we turn our back on this hateful doctrine, and we look towards Jesus and what he actually taught, which is love. And we look towards Jesus and we learn that we need to judge people by their fruit. We need to judge people by the fruit that they display, not by how they were born. Not by how they were born, because that can't be changed. So for anyone that would like to accept Christ or come back to your love with Christ, he is waiting for you with open arms. He loves you. He does not condemn you for being homosexual. He does not condemn you for anything that is other than what Jesus taught. Jesus taught exactly what the Father wanted him to say. So right now, I welcome you back into the kingdom of God. I welcome you back into the kingdom. And for those that are condemning homosexuals. 
This has been your warning from God. This has been your warning through me. God is speaking to let you know that what you're saying and what you're doing is condemnation and you need to stop. You need to stop because it is not what God would want from us. It is not a message from God at all. So right now, I would invite everyone that would like to, to accept Jesus into your heart. If you've done this before, you may have grown up in church like myself and been taught this toxic doctrine, but it's time to come back to your first love with Christ. It's time to come back. So I'm going to put a prayer on the screen if you could say it aloud with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, and thank you for shedding your blood for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Today, I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I turn my back on the world and will follow in your path, Lord Jesus. Amen. I would like to welcome you to the kingdom of heaven. If this is not your first time that you've accepted Christ, I welcome you back because he loves you so very much. And he's not going to turn his back on you. He does not think that homosexuality is a sin. So stop. Stop the condemnation and spread love. 